This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? That's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, what up? Happy uh, Tuesday. It is the Jason Walker Show. We are presented by Capital Collision Center. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle. It is your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center. Big show coming up today in the Major Mortgage Man Cave. We're going to chat with former Carroll College, uh, Mr. Everything, Steve Jones, uh, who uh, we'll call it a retirement, uh, June 30th. But uh, we'll get some of Jonesy's favorite memories of uh, almost four decades at Carroll College. Also, uh, let's see what else we got coming up today on this day in history and a whole lot more on a beautiful day. We got some rain today, which is always a good thing. And uh, that definitely, um, definitely helps the situation with the fires around the area. Not a ton, obviously. Not, I mean, not everything's gone, but uh, it, hopefully it helped a little bit. But it's been smoky, smoky the last few days for sure uh, here in the, uh, the Helena Valley. And I can only imagine what it's been like uh, for those over in the Wolf Creek and north of Helena and, and Billings and all of that, too. So, anyway, um, let's see. Had a good weekend and uh, played in a golf tournament. We took fourth. We had the day uh, day one lead in the Hunthausen Classic uh, on, uh, on Saturday. We were 22 under as a team. We went 14 under on Sunday, and we lost by three shots. Left, uh, left some strokes out there for sure, but... Uh, had some fun, got in the deuce pot, made made a birdie on Saturday, had some fun. And a great group of guys that I golfed with. And uh, it was all for a good cause for junior golf in, uh, in the Helena area. Um, it was a big week, big week of golf for yours truly. And, uh, of course, uh, hi to everybody watching on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and listening on Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com, and more. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good week because last week, a week ago tomorrow – uh, my league team that we uh, we put together last minute uh, ended up uh, in the money, so that was good. And uh, we beat the team we played against by eight strokes, and uh, that was fun. Wow. So we uh, we got in the money over the weekend at the Hunthausen. Yesterday, I took like seventy five bucks off of friends golfing last night, so that was uh, that was fun. You kind of feel bad, but then you don't because you know, hey. They, they, they want, you know, they're the ones with higher handy or better handicaps. I have the highest, but I played, I played out of my mind yesterday. I played really well. Or last night, I guess it was. Um, anyway. Uh, so we'll, uh, have on this day in history, the walk off and a whole lot more still to come. Uh, oh, your Montana rodeo roundup is on the way as well. Great weekend over at uh, East Helena and the NRA circles. 
and uh, on the PRCA in Montana as well. But uh, we begin today by chatting about the news that came out yesterday, a little after 5 o'clock, and that was MSU Northern Football sending out a tweet going, Welcome to the family, Coach Mike Van Deest. So, Coach Van Deest, who we love, love the coach, um, and uh, we've had on the show a bunch, obviously, but he's such a great dude. But he uh, he decided to become the defensive coordinator at MSU Northern. And what it does is it immediately makes Northern a formidable opponent. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We'll have Andrew Rowland on the show tomorrow. But Northern has been kind of the kicking horse. Is that even, can we say that? Uh, for the last, aside from a couple of years, really for the last couple of decades, Northern football has just struggled to get a, a foothold. But Andrew Rowland, head coach, reached out to Mike Van Deest a few weeks ago and uh, official announcement yesterday. Last night, so it was uh, it's cool. Congrats to Coach Van Deest, and 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 very nice by uh, Andrew Rowland to think of Van Deest. I read the press or the press release, and and Andrew Rowland said, "Look, there's only there's I got a short list of guys that I wanted, and Mike Van Deest was at the top of that list, and why not? I mean, he's, he's a great defensive coordinator, he's a great coach, he's a great person, and Northern's getting itself. Northern knows what it's getting. It's getting a high intensity coach." Remember, Van Deese took the job at Mary last year and basically got out there, and then everything got shut down, and he came back and worked with Helena High last year. But this is a guy, when he retired at Carroll, said, look, I'm not done coaching. It was just time to move on from Carroll. And, you know, the dude just loves to coach, plain and simple. And he's a hell of a coach. Um, he said it to Daniel Shepard in the Helena IR that, you know, he's got film. He watches film on the computer. He's got notepads everywhere on the kitchen table, downloads videos. I went over there March-ish to drop some stuff off for Coach and some Jason Walker Show t-shirts, and he's sitting there watching film. I mean, that's what the, the guy loves football. And he's a football dude. And uh, congratulations to Northern. That's that's a heck of a get. Um, I like it. And like I said, it makes Northern immediately a formidable opponent now in the Frontier Conference because teams aren't going to be able to put up 90 points, Montana Tech. He's going to change that defense almost overnight. And I know nothing happens overnight, but he's going to be that type of guy. The kids at Northern know who he is. The fans at Northern know who he is and his reputation. We, we, we don't need to talk about his accolades. We all know that. But he immediately becomes the defensive coordinator, and Northern has itself a chance to turn things around. And in the press release yesterday from Northern, Coach Van Deese actually said that. He goes, you know, look, they, they got to uh, Montana, played at old Dornblazer Stadium, Got in Washington Grizzly, changed that program around. Nelson Stadium at Carroll, we know of the history there. Northern's got itself a football stadium now on campus. Huge. And that's going to change things. And we've talked about that. For I mean, if Northern had a football team or football stadium on its campus, that was going to make a big difference. And, you know, it's going to. So I like the hire. I love it. 
and uh, wish Coach Van Deest um, success up there. I mean, he's, he's going to have success wherever he goes. And, you know, I've talked to him. He said it in, in public as well that, you know, he's had offers for the last couple of years. And now he's a defensive coordinator at MSU Northern. Heck of a get. I think fall camp starts in about a month. Um, and uh, Northern's going to be uh, Northern's going to be uh, a, a good good football team, and they're already on pace. I like Andrew Rowland. I like what he's done in the couple of years he's been there. I think he's entering year four overall. But they're so they're just close, and I think the frontier overall might be down a little bit. Now we're basing it off of what happened over the spring, where half the half the league didn't play three of the eight teams but northern immediately becomes becomes good on the defensive side now you've got uh, some kids up there that are studs van Dies is going to make them better and he's always had respect for northern and uh i think it's awesome so he's going to uh take over and uh, it'll be fun. October 9th, Mike Van Deest on the other sideline at Nelson Stadium. On October 9th. I think that, did I say the name? I think the ninth, 9th, October 9th. Northern will be at Nelson Stadium, homecoming for the Saints. But uh, it'll be good. It'll be fun to watch Mike Van Deest on the other side. Excuse me. Uh, allergies. So a little sneezing here and there. Don't worry about it. We're fine. It's not COVID. It's, we don't have any colds. So uh, let's see what else do we want to hit on here. Um, oh, how about Bennett Hostetler out of Bozeman? How about that? I watched this kid grow up playing baseball. He was a pretty good Bozeman buck. Went out to North Dakota State, had a pretty good season, uh, career, and uh, became the newest member of the Miami Marlins Drafted 539th overall in the Major League Baseball draft. 17th pick of the 18th round. But Bennett Hostetler can play. That, that kid can ball. As a, as a shortstop, he was the player of the year this last season. And uh, he came back because of COVID. So just uh, this awesome. He's been working out, uh, worked out for the Marlins over at Missoula. And uh, they drafted him yesterday. So... Congratulations to Bennett Hosteller. That's awesome. 394. He had 13 doubles, a triple, 10 bombs. Uh, played in 61 games this spring and had 84 hits. He is the Bison leader in games played, 225 in his career, in walks and sack flies, second or third in runs scored, and in hits and fourth overall in RBI. So he wrote some, he rewrote some record books. At, uh, at NDSU. Also was an All-Stater, All-Conference for the Bozeman Bucks. Hit 381 as a senior. And uh, the kid's a stud. And he as good of a baseball, and we say this a lot, but it's true. As good of a baseball player as he is, he's a better person. So congrats to uh, Bennett Hosteller. Uh, let's see, what else did we want to get on to? Um Got your auto contest performance of the week coming up. Uh, starting tomorrow here on the Jason Walker Show, 
tickets to the Last Chance Stampede that we will give away. So the Stampede is next week. If you want to go, just tune into the Jason Walker Show. We'll have some different fun ways uh, over the next few days to give those away as well. So uh, looking forward to uh, the Stampede. We'll be doing our show live next uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, Friday. Next Wednesday and Thursday for sure, uh, live from the Stampede. As uh, we get ready, we'll have some great interviews. Wayne Brooks will join us. Talk to Denny Halstead, the uh, the barrel man. We are the sponsor, Jason Walker Show, sponsor of the uh, the Rodeo Clown. So that's kind of cool. So we'll have some tickets to give away starting tomorrow. And uh, follow along at Jay Walker Sports on the Twitter. You can uh, also email us anytime, Jason, at jasonwalkershow.com. Jason Walker Show is brought to you in part by Speaker Sprinklers. Speaker Sprinklers love green grass and... Uh, Grass is getting uh, some wetness today, which was good. Got a good rainstorm that's moved through uh, the Helena Valley, especially on the northern side this morning. So um, hopefully that uh, helps out for a little bit. So, All right, we've got On This Day in History coming up, uh, the walk-off, your auto contest performance of the week, your Montana Rodeo Roundup. But when we come back here on the Jason Walker Show, we're going to check in with a guy that uh, spent four decades almost at Carroll. He was an assistant football coach, got some great stories about the, those days. He, he basically made everything roll and run smoothly at Carroll College and uh, got a great uh, chance to know him over the last eight years. He's a great guy, and his name is Steve Jones, and he will join us next when we return here on the Jason Walker Show. Presented by Capital Collision Center, Montana State Law says it is your vehicle, it is your choice where you have it. Repair, choose Capital Collision Center. And it's not just the fact that they're going to take care of your vehicle and make it look brand new if it was in a wreck. What they're going to do is give you a family atmosphere. The customer service, the love and attention, not only do they give your vehicle, but do they give you text messages, emails, phone calls, letting you know where your vehicle's at in the process of getting repaired. And nobody does it better than Capital Collision Center on Euclid in Helena. Coming right back, Steve Jones, this is the Jason Walker Show. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? 
Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work, then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. MarkLaRoePhotography.com Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Ah, Tuesday, middle of July. July's half over already. Can you believe that? It's going fast, man. Jason Walker Show, back Major Mortgage Man Cave, presented by Capital Collision Center. This segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. We'll talk to Jay Linderman, um, auctioneer, coming up on Thursday. He'll be in town for a Calcutta for the Stampede next week. We'll talk about that on Thursday. Andrew Rowland, Northern football coach, will join us tomorrow as well. Still to come today, your Montana Rodeo Roundup and uh, a lot more. But uh, it is time now to welcome in one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He'd give you the shirt off his back. Um, it might be a little uh, ragged and torn because he's worn it for three decades, but Steve Jones joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. Steve, how are you? I'm doing good, Jason. Thanks. Hey, how's retirement? Uh, strange. It <laughs> takes some getting used to. <laughs> um, you got the news in January that uh, your position was being phased out and, and calling it a retirement, but your thoughts over the last six months? Well, you know, it's a, you know, it's a challenging thing, you know, because of uh, budget deficits and things. They formed a committee, and the committee decided to eliminate some positions. And mine, arbitrarily, I guess, fell into that category. Uh, there wasn't a lot of explanation for it other than budget cuts. And so, uh, obviously, it was a little strange after 36 years and, and uh, doing everything, I guess, from, you know, coaching to training to administration to, you know, everything that goes on in athletics. So it was a kind of a strange concept. Everybody's uh, kind of, I guess, stunned or shocked. So we kind of sat in dismay. But then we had, you know, uh, all of our athletic season started in January. Mm -hmm. So we had to get every sports season in this spring. And, you know, the main reason I've been at Carroll's for the students and the athletes and the young people, you know, that's the reason for being in college athletics is for the young people. So, you know, we hung tough and, you know, ran all the events and had all the seasons in every sport and pulled it off. And so that was really my goal before, you know, the end of June is to make sure the kids and their seasons got taken care of properly. Well, I mean, that's something you always obviously cared about was the kids. But how challenging was this year, Steve, because of COVID and because of, I guess, was it easier because you had no fans or harder because you had everything at once? <laughs> well, the seasons themselves certainly were strange, you know. When we prepare uh, 
for an athletic season, we obviously our first goal was to take care of our student athletes and to provide a you know a venue and a, a place where they can you know show their wares so to speak and perform in front of uh, the fans, which are our customers and our crowd. And they're the emotional and financial support you know for, for the kids. And so two two phases of this: one is getting ready and doing the best we can for the student athlete. The other is to give the best presentation and the product we can to the public who comes to support those athletes. And so, yes, getting ready for an event and having no fans was uh, really strange. But the COVID regulations, you know, and all the things we had to do to keep the student-athlete safe took up a lot of time and a lot of energy. So we had to go about having every sport so completely different that we're just as busy in a different way, even though we didn't have fans. Steve Jones joining us here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. And uh, uh, he said you spent a lot of time at Carroll. And I, I used to do this or say this literally every football game and basketball game was nobody did it better than you um, and your staff. You had you know great kids working with you. But getting that football field ready each and every Saturday, plus with soccer over the last two decades, um, that field looked so amazing each and every game. And uh, kudos to you guys for that. Well, uh, thank you, you know, and we take great pride in that. And, of course, uh, you know, we'd be very remiss if we didn't point out to the, the facilities department and the grounds program. You know, that was under Gerald Anvey for years and is now under John Juntman. And uh, it's, it's quite a group effort, you know. In fact, it's just like everything else, Jason, in sports, you know, the time and the work and the effort to make it look like that for, shall we say, in most cases, the fall season takes place the rest of the year and throughout the summer with hours and hours of diligent work on their part, fertilizing, aerating, you know, and doing all the things necessary to make that turf look and be as good as it is. So those guys do a great job, and, and you know, I have to say everyone takes great pride in their work. You know, the product that, that we put out, you know, is, is very important to us because we ask a lot of our student athletes. We're asking them to be students to work hard in their sports, to learn all they need to learn and to learn how to be gracious in winning and gracious in losing and, and those kind of things. And so we're trying to teach them a lot. Consequently, you know, the people involved in all the programs, including grounds, you know, take a lot of pride in what they do. Steve Jones joining us, former Carroll coach, administrator, and uh, and he was Mr. Uh, Jack of all trades, Mr. Everything up there uh, at on the Hill. Um, let's go back to the early days, Steve. When you uh, first started, you were uh, an assistant, right, with the football team? Well, right. I actually started off uh, doing athletic training and strength coaching. And I had uh, quite a relationship with uh, Coach Petrino. Uh, I was involved in the minor league uh, baseball program as the general manager when it first started here in 1978 with the Phillies. I actually had hired Coach Petrino and Keith Seltzer when the concession stand for me. Oh. And that's when I really got to know him pretty well. I had hired some uh, football players to work in the health club with me. That's what my wife and I did originally when we came down in the health club business, including out to Broadwater. And so, you know, I was familiar with athletics, and some of the kids came out to get some help with weightlifting because that was really kind of my thing. And anyhow, they got short of a trainer in the spring of 85 and asked if, you know, I'd help them out because they knew I was also a trainer. And, so I started doing that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the strength coaching thing I'd been doing with the kids really helped. I've asked me if I'd help with that. Then three months, they asked me if I'd coach. So, yeah, I started doing that as well. <laughs> I've heard some great stories, and I don't know if we can share uh, these on the air, but 
Um, was it you that fell asleep coming through Salt Lake and ended up in a bad area, or were you driving? Actually, uh, I had Tony Spencer drive because uh, I'm kind of particular and drove most of the time. We're coming back from uh, Durango, Colorado. And, uh, yeah, he got off in a construction mess and got us into, a, I guess we'll call it a bad part of town. <laughs> and then he kind of panicked. He woke me up and said, what am I going to do? And I said, well, we're going to have to stop over at this gas station and get some, get out of here. Well, there was a lot of uh, uh, rather savvy looking characters, so to speak, around this gas station place. And T.S. didn't want to get out of the demand. So I got out and went in and asked. And the guy asked me if I was crazy, you know. <laughs> I said, no, just lost. That's so, funny. you know, they figured, well, leave the crazy guy alone. So he gave me some directions, and we did finally find our way out and get back on the interstate. So, yeah, we, we have some stories. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I can only imagine, Steve. Um, there's I, The stories that go back, and, and you and I, when we first met, we started talking and, and you know, from, you know, the Clyde Park area. My dad was from Clyde Park. My dad actually worked for your dad at Glenn's. Yeah, yes, uh, Born and raised, obviously born in Livingston at the hospital there, but raised in Clyde Park, a little bitty town, and yeah. grew up with parents owned a general store and actually owned the post office and a restaurant and, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I grew up working and working and working seven days a week, you know, how you do in small towns and, you know, stacked hay in the summertime and milked some cows and, you know, did all those things that you do. And you just uh, pretty much no recreation. All you did was basically just work course we could hunt and fish at the drop of a hat so that was an easy thing to do it took no time so we didn't take time off to do that because we could do that you know late at night or after work or whatever and, and uh, do those recreational things but it didn't seem so recreational it's kind of funny like if you're only candy store candy's not a big deal so you live out in the country and you can hunt and fish at the drop of a hat anytime you want it just seems like part of life not a big deal well, and, and there used to be some really good hunting, Steve, as you know, between Clyde Park and Wilsall, because uh, before all the land got bought, but there was there's some good deer back in there. Oh, yeah, the crazy mountains. That's my excuse, you know. The crazy mountains is where I was born and raised. So people say, well, what's wrong with that guy? He said, well, look why I was raised. What do you expect? The name of the place speaks for itself. Yes. But quite uh, quite the country and, and uh, you know, very isolated, you know, very few people and so, you know, we look forward to school because we could go see somebody, you know. <laughs> and uh, lots of days, you know, you're stacking air, working out in the fields, you didn't see but one or two people for a week on end working, you know, morning to dark. You get up and go to work when you can see and you quit when you can't see. And, you know, so for us kids, you know, going to school was kind of a relief, you know, and we got to see our friends and play sports, I guess. And that was always a big deal in my life. I was sports crazy even as a kid. What was the name of the uh, the uh, meat cutting place right behind uh, Glenn's? Uh, Hoffman's Market. Ha- that's it. Don Hoffman. Yeah, Don Hoffman had that. Yep, and yeah, he had two kids a little younger than me, but uh, yeah, yeah, because Mark would have yeah. been my dad's age, so yeah. Uh, Don. Yeah, Mark was Mark. Mark one. Uh, Mark was my dad's age. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So okay, yeah. so you become an assistant football coach, and then. And then when did you trans- transition into facilities and in, in administration? Well, you know, it was kind of an ongoing transition. Uh, you know, I had a very large commercial cleaning company. Uh, we were service master here, and we only did commercial property. And, uh, you know, at one point in time, we did all the state buildings and numerous banks downtown. We had 100 employees here and 75 in buildings. 
And so, uh, yeah, staying busy. And I was doing that when I was coaching. And uh, we did that through 1993, actually. But uh, just from being in management and running crews and running things, you know, I knew a lot about facilities, about how to take care of them, all the dynamics of such things like the Capitol building and, you know, the big ones at the state. Plus, you know, banks and places like even the Rialto, we did everything. You know, we did every pizza place in town and that kind of stuff. So just being around up there coaching and things, things would come up with facilities and when they're being set up and rented and all this prior to the football stadium even being there and kind of a natural transition. You know, you put in your two cents and all they realize all of a sudden you know something, so then it becomes yours. <laughs> it's the danger of knowing a little bit, right? right. Yeah, you know <laughs> so too much. Yeah, you just start helping. I just kind of started helping and, you know, talk to them about what they were doing and how they were doing it and those kind of things and pretty quick. You know, all of a sudden, it's going, hey, would you just take care of this? And so that's kind of a slow transpired over years, I guess. And about 1993 to 95, I was president of the Booster Club at the time. It used to be a separate entity from Carroll College. And so in that time frame, I was president of the Booster Club and, you know, did all the fundraising and the auctions and, you know, all those things. And then just started running the facilities at the same time. And uh, like I said, nobody did it better. Steve Jones, our guest here, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. All right. Um, favorite story about Coach Petrino that you can tell? Oh, boy. There's a lot of them. Coach Petrino, you know, was a uh, re- really big option guy, you know. And uh, for those folks who watch football, you don't see much option anymore. And and uh, he, he, he wrote a book about it, you know, and running it. And it was published. And. So he was considered, you know, an expert on the on the subject. And in in his belief, you know, throwing the football was evil, you know. And if you can't hand it off and run the thing, you can't win. And uh, of course, that philosophy holds true today. You got to be able to run the ball to throw the ball. But more or less, now we're talking about you got to throw the ball in order to be able to run the ball, right? It's kind of reversed methodology. But uh, I can't tell you how many times I guess sticks out in my mind when. He would say when his own son was quarterbacking, don't throw the football, run the football. And he must have said that a thousand times over the years I coached with him. Run the football. If you can't run the football, you don't deserve to be on the field. And so that's one of the things that kind of sticks in my mind, you know, more about Coach Petrino than anything. And the funny thing was most coaches too, by the way, and Coach Petrino is certainly one of those, the rough attitude and the, you know, the rough sides of being a head coach and doing those things. And he was a real pushover for kids. And, uh, you know, my children grew up at Carroll College, literally, you know, on the practice field and in the gym. And every birthday party, every, you know, thing we did was done at Carroll College. And Coach Petrino was always uh, the nicest guy and took care of uh, any any kids, little kids, coaches' kids. He absolutely was a pushover for kids. So that's uh, the other part of Coach Petrino most people didn't know, you know that he was fabulous with kids and the coaches, kids or anybody, you know, he, he took care of my favorite route anywhere, whatever he spoiled them to death. So those are the things that stand out in my mind the most about coach. All right. Uh, I got asked the Van Dees question, the same one, favorite memory of him. It would be of, of uh, you know, him giving people a hard time. You know, he really, obviously when you've been around him, he loves to, to pick on people and, uh, he always would find something with every single coach that would be the button that would he would push to try to get under your skin. 
teasing you wise, you know. Sure. He, he would always find something that, that every coach, you know, was an intricacy about each one of us, so to speak, and, and give you give you a hard time. You know, the thing that stands out about Mike is that he was a great teacher. You know, people, you know, don't realize that really when you're coaching a sport, what you're doing is you're teaching. It's not in the classroom. And, uh, you know, I guess if thinking of Mike, I think about the one thing he was was fantastic teacher. He taught the kids real well in practice. You know, he, he was an excellent. Our practices were absolutely extremely organized and repetitions, high repetition and drills and teaching. We spent as much time talking about drills and coaching teaching as we did any game preparation by far. And so, you know, uh, Mike's strength was, you know, knowing how to tease the coaches and pick on them in, in that fashion. But, you know, the thing that stands out in my mind that is his strength is just was a great practice teacher. We could take the team to teach them something. You know, we had to play a lot of kids out of position, Jason. You know, you make do with what you can get. We had to move a lot of kids around, you know, to different things. And the goal was then a lot of them became all-conference. Even some All-Americans got moved from positions because we had such a great protocol for teaching them how to play the position we'd moved them to. And so those are things that stand out in my mind. Uh, okay. I know you're not going to give me the answer, but favorite coach that you've worked with over the last 20 years at Carroll? I guess, I guess easiest coach, because they're all your favorite, but easiest coach. Well, I don't know that easy ever became a, a question, you know. <laughs> Productivity, you know, uh, the hardest thing to to do in a small college is, is the designation of time allotment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have a lot of part-time coaches who have other jobs. Uh, you know, in my case, trying to manage, uh, you know, the administrative position along with coaching, which is the reason I ended up getting out of it. You know, we added sports and we added the stadium and, you know, things just got so busy and trying to manage, you know, that aspect of, of the athletic department. I just could no longer dedicate the type of time necessary, you know, to, to coach the way I should. You know, there's an old saying, if you are ever watching your athlete play and wonder if you give them enough information, coach them well enough to win, you should probably all quit coaching. Well, it became obvious to me I didn't want that to happen. And I said, you know, I'm getting so busy administratively trying to keep track of all these things that I don't want that to happen where I, you know, am in the middle of a game and go, wow, you know, I didn't watch enough film. I didn't get enough things developed to practice on to give these guys a chance to win. And that's when I decided that it was time to probably go the other route, do my administrative position and not coach because my coaching position was part time. So you kind of, you know, kind of have to follow the money a little bit too, obviously, you know, where your full-time hours, you know, pertain. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, that, that's basically the way that works. So the part-time coaches, you know, versus full-time coaches and putting the amount of time in necessary, you know, to do that. And as you know, college athletics is totally inside of the year. Yep. It's not the season. It's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, the seasons are made in the off season, all your athletes and all your skills and all your things are developed then that most people don't see and so that's just a result of you know a season being three or four months as a result of the rest of the year's work and effort so hours and hours and time way more proliferal than it is during the season you know that off-season work is where it counts and it takes a lot of time sure okay over the last eight years since i've known you and there's been some really good coaches and most of them are still there carson moved on but 
Um, Mike Vendish retired, although now he's going to be at Northern. Real quick, does that make Northern an instant threat now in the frontier? <laughs> it's going to make an instant threat, but it's going to make them better. Doubt <laughs> <laughs> about that. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing, you know. And you know, we all know no one stands stands alone. Head coaches, assistant coaches, or anything, and the whole program, you know, is what makes makes things work. So you know. As one individual going in to do something, uh, you can make something better. But to you know to get to a point, you know, like we were when Petrino was here and when you know seven or eight Frontier Conference championships in a row, you know, and then obviously some run that everyone's familiar with going into national championships when Mike was here. There's a lot of things that have to fall in place. It's not just one guy. Right. You know, it's 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 as they say, people don't really understand the term. Well, does your administration support you? Well, that's a loaded question because it's not just financially. It's lots of other ways that things have to fall into place to make it work. And, uh, you know, that's what makes that magical because there's no one component. There's no one single thing that makes any of those things happen. It's a combination of lots of things being in the right place at the right time. Sure. Uh, Whitney, so over the last eight years, and, and since, I, like I said, since I, I got to know you working with Carol, um, who was the coach? Because you only there's really one gym and really a, I guess a half gym upstairs. You have one practice field for soccer and football and uh, one playing area. But who was the coach that was like the hard? Because they had the schedule through you, right? So who's the hardest one that that had to be like, man, we need this gym space or I need this field time or um, you know things like that. Well, let's just say Carson was probably the hardest to keep track of. He kept wanting to, he kept wanting to change his mind, you know. Uh, coaches are all different, you know. And, and you know, it, it's this interesting thing, and most people probably know this. Most head coaches are eccentric in a certain way because they're single-minded. That's what makes them good. But they have a hard time often wrapping their head around the big picture, you know. And that's what good assistant coaches do, by the way because they keep the head coach pointed in the right direction, you know. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, running athletic facilities and running, you know, all the scheduling and stuff, yeah, it gets to be quite a challenge because they're looking out for their own best interests and what works very best for them. Well, obviously there's a lot of conflict because every coach is trying to do that and they have limited space, which is true everywhere. Most places don't have unlimited facilities. So consequently, getting it to work, and you know, here, here's the other thing. This is uh, with Carroll College. You know, academics come first, right? And so there was never, ever. And I'm talking to Trino's age. I'm sure before him, where students were allowed to ever skip a class, cut a class short, and get to practice. You know, uh, taking tests. I mean, we had to wait and change leave times to go on road trips because sometimes tests had to be taken at night, and uh, you know. The students had to do that. So there, there's a lot of maneuvering around classes. And, uh, you know, they go from 8 in the morning until 9 at night. And so the maneuvering around where you can get your athletes there for practice is a mountain to climb for every coach. That's why you see some practices going on at 6 in the morning, you know, right. trying to get your kids there. You know, when I was coaching with Van Deesham in football, we ran our team drills between 4.30 and 5.30. Even though practice started a quarter before, well, we couldn't get a lot of the athletes there to practice because they didn't get out of class till four. And so by the time they ran down, got taped, got their football gear on, got out, it was 420, 430. 
And then a lot of them had to leave to go to night classes at 6 o'clock, which meant they had to get out of there at 20 after 5 to 5.30 in order to go shower. And in a lot of cases, try to get something to eat before they went to class. So we'd run individual drills and then run the team drills where you're trying to get offense and defense against each other, so to speak, uh, in about a 45-minute period of time because that's the only time we had a chance to get everybody. Oftentimes, we didn't. Uh, Tyler Emmerich, who most people know, you know, his last year as a senior, uh, you know, we had one day a week, which was Thursdays, he couldn't come to practice at all. And the classes just didn't permit him coming. And so there's lots of instances like that, you know, which people probably understand, but they don't really know. Very hard to get all your your kids there because the classes to practice at once. And, of course, that cohesion and that ability to do that is so important. So it's 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 a struggle that continues to be because the students are there to be students and they're athletes. But, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily secondary, but in the scheme of things, it definitely is. All right. Best athlete to go through Carroll. In your well, eyes. couldn't couldn't say that. I don't know. You can look at each sport because each sport requires a different kind of individual. Okay. Best you know? best female uh, basketball player. Oh, I'm not going to go there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you don't work there anymore. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, sing, singling them out, you know, because oftentimes, in, in you know, great athletes, and, and again, you know, with name and names, you're going to leave somebody out. But, you know, sometimes you can look at pure skill. You can look at, you know, the people everyone's familiar with who can score a lot of points in basketball, you know, get most kills in volleyball. But, you know, sometimes there was another athlete on the team that made it all happen. That didn't get to this, as you know, from announcing for years, didn't get the stats, went to people's names necessarily in the paper, but they were the key component to making the team good. Without them, the team would have been nothing. And so, you know, we always, uh, and by the way, I'll give you a good example of this. Every year, every year, all the coaches I coached with gave what they considered to be the, probably the biggest award on the team, which was the best scout team player, contributed most to, you know, the football team. And so these are, these are other athletes that aren't getting the newspaper time or whatever you want to call that, radio time in your case, because they demonstrated such team loyalty and work so hard and accomplish so much in practice to make their teammates better that without them, we would have been nothing. You know, there's a saying about, you know, you're no better than your weakest component. Well, that's not just necessarily the one you see on the field or in the court. That could be somebody else. And oftentimes it is, by the way, it's not, that's not unusual. You can go into any successful team and you can find a core of other people that don't get the publicity athlete wise. I'm talking about, Right. that made it possible, honestly and literally possible, for the other athletes to be successful. And that, by the way, that's that's the funnest part of this. Oh, you want your, your athletes, your coaching, get accolades. I coached All-Americans and, you know, lots of great, great kids, you know, and, and great athletes. But, you know, just as proud of the ones that contributed everything in practice every day. And by the way, keep track of them 20 years later, just as much as you do the kid that you heard his name or her name in the paper, by the way, (laughs) you know, and so that, that's, that's the thing that, you know, and I think most coaches would tell you, oh gosh, well, it's obvious. We can talk about as everyone knows Casey Simmons and Tyler Emmerich. You know, I I can go on and start this name, Jeff Shirley. I can name kids, Matt Pentresca. He's been great athletes and great kids and got all kinds of, 
publicity. But, you know, without the guy standing next to him and the guy in practice made them better, they wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> you know, and so, and so that's the really the fun thing about coaching is and you get so close to these young people in, in different ways. And it's not because they're scoring touchdowns or because they're making baskets. It's because you get to know them as people and you learn to appreciate their massive contribution in the fashion by which they're capable of doing it the very best they can do it. And uh, it's just, it's sometimes it's absolutely amazing. You know, I can't tell you how many times you practice, you know, afterwards you just go and give the kid a hug and say, that, that was an unbelievable effort. Thank you. You know, and they weren't starters, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that, and so that, that really is the rewarding part when you're coaching is watching an individual for the sake of others contribute everything they got. And, uh, you know, that's all you can ask from anybody. And sometimes, you know, your talent doesn't put you in a position while you win the award. But, you know, your, your stick-to-itiveness and your attitude and your perseverance made all the difference in the world for those who did. And so that uh, can never be overlooked. Right. A couple final questions here for Steve Jones, the former Carroll coach, administrator, Mr. Uh, Jack-of-all-trades. Um, Bruce Parker. Um, we, I saw you last week at his ceremony, but uh, what an amazing man and, and helped lift the frontier and college athletics in the state of Montana in multiple stops. But what's your favorite memory of Bruce? Well, probably the fact that uh, Bruce didn't know any bounds in regards to what he thought we could do. Uh, you know, he wasn't afraid to ask people for anything. You know, his, his whole goal was is to... Uh, you know, make Carroll Athletics when he was here, obviously the premier program in the world. And, uh, you know, and, and Mike has said this in the past, you know, the big times where you're at, you know, and we kind of, you know, a lot of times you have limitations that you place on yourself. And we do that as individuals. We do that as athletes and as coaches. And so Bruce's strength was, was to try to knock down those barriers. He didn't see any reason why we couldn't be like any big sky team or any school two or three times our size. You know, we honestly do run a program like a Division One program, and we do it on a real small college budget. But that requires a lot of hours and a lot of stick-to-it-us by, you know, by a lot of people. And one thing Bruce did do was put in the hours, you know. And uh, his contacts, you know, from his busy life prior to Carroll College, you know, allowed him to get to know a lot of people in a lot of places. And he wasn't afraid to call and ask him for help. And they did, by the way. Yep. You know, lots and lots of people from lots of different walks of life. Not in Helena, you know, obviously tons in Helena, but Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls, Missoula, you know, lots of people stepped up and helped us when we needed it. Kind of created that package, you know, where it takes a lot, a lot of people from a lot of different directions to make something honestly happen, you know. And so that's probably the strength I could say with Bruce was he, uh, you know, he, he kind of took the limiter off the switch so that we could try to do anything and everything we could dream up. You know, we at least attempted to do it and pulled off a lot of it. No question about that. Um, what are you going to do now? <laughs> well, right because now I've been last, off. Really, for the last 40 years, you you haven't had summers free, really, because you haven't had, definitely haven't had fall to spring free. But, I mean. Well, you know, I haven't, had, I haven't never had a vacation. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's strange not having to get up and go to work uh, 
for now, what, a week and two days or whatever it's been. Yeah, it's pretty strange, you know. It's kind of like everything else is you look at, you know, life changes and that does for everyone and, and, you know, careers change and things. Mine's been pretty stable, you know, and that, you know, Carol's been home. I put more hours in at Carol than I have at home. Right. You know, my wife Pam put in tons of hours at Carol doing things. And so Carol's been home. Yep. And so, you know, we, we have a little house here only a mile away and, you know, do have grandkids in town, which one's waiting for me to come get her here in a minute and do that here in the summertime. But, you know, it's going to be a new adventure. And I'm just, you know, going to take some time off here, you know, probably through this month. And then, you know, I'm going to start looking for, you know, another task, another duty here, another job, I guess. I don't really look at jobs as jobs, you know, the kind of, you know, I didn't really think of Carol just being a job. Obviously, it was a way of life. Right. And uh, so, you know, I know I can't replace that. You know, can't really afford to retire either. Consequently, you know, I'm going to have to find uh, something else to do. But I'm, you know, I've had some unbelievable people have offered me a few things, which I'm, you know, taking a look at and kind of plan on just easing my way into this and learning how to not be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And yeah, getting a Sunday off, as you know, was rare. We worked three and four months of never having a day off. And so this is really unusual. Relaxing is not one of the things I'm the best at. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. Uh, speaking of, how is Pam doing? She's doing great. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's hanging in there and, you know, doing that. It's, it's nice to get spend some time with her other than flying in the door and flying back out, you know. And she's always been gracious, you know. They say coaches' wives, you know, yep. unbelievable. And, again, you know, we're fortunate, as you know, Pam coaches the cheerleaders for years up at Carroll College. She was my uh, official scorekeeper for basketball. And, you know, she sold soccer tickets for the first three or four years we had soccer. She sold all the tickets to the games for me. And I can't tell you how many bags of popcorn and cotton candy sticks that uh, she helped me make in the concession stand years ago. We'd start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon making 100 bags of cotton candy and 100 bags of popcorn getting ready for a basketball game. And she'd come up and help me all all afternoon trying to get things done. So we did spend time. You paid her in hot dogs and, and, and popcorn, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got a chance to spend a little time together and of course got a little help out of the deal too. Sure. So, but yeah, so it's a different now and we have to also get used to being around each other. Yep. <laughs> and I'm sure it's going to leave yet. Like, hey, go well, yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work in on her. I'm sure. <laughs> no question about that. Hey, uh, yeah. I know you got to run and pick up the grandkid, but uh, man, I could I could sit and talk to you forever. And it's uh, now awesome time to visit. And uh, you know, I I hate the way it happened, but I'm uh, I'm glad you had the career that you did. And uh, things have changed a lot over the last few years at uh, across the the world and the country and at Carroll College. But um, you did it better than anybody else. Nobody could touch what you did, Steve. And uh, we appreciate yeah. the time and appreciate you. Well, we always appreciate uh, you guys too, Jason. And, you know, every single person, including you, was a big part of all those successes. You know, about individuals that could uh, spread the news and, and come with the right attitude to cover, you know, our athletics and our athlete department, the people that work here and our, our student athletes. Again, that's all part of the big picture. Everyone doesn't realize how important role radio plays, you know, individuals then doing those jobs played and all that uh, being a special place for those kids. And so, yeah, you know, I'm thankful that you were around and I got to get to know you 
and that you did a terrific job in the time that you were announcing and covering sports too. And it was, you know, it's part of part of what made it very special, and it made a special environment for those young people. I appreciate the the word, Steve. Um, means yeah. a lot. But uh, hey, you're the best. And uh, and if you guys need anything, man, let me know. And uh, look forward to seeing you down the road. Okay, I'll be around. All right, thanks, Steve. All right, Jason. Thank you. Bye bye. That is Steve Jones. The uh, he did everything at Carroll before he was unceremoniously. Relieved of his duties, basically, in uh, January, and uh, kind of a, kind of a, a, a not good way in, in my mind. But uh, Steve will find success. Steve is a great guy, and we wish him uh, and his wife Pam the best for sure. So appreciate him joining us. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We have your Montana Rodeo Roundup and uh, the Walk Off, and on this day in history coming up next. Jason Walker Show. You thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Jason Walker Show on a Tuesday. Steve Jones is great, man. Love that man and his family. Great guy. Appreciate him joining us. Uh, if you miss anything, as always, you can go to JasonWalkerShow.com. We'll have every, uh, we have all of our previous shows uploaded there. Or most of them, I think. All Horses, All Montana, Montana Horses Magazine is packed with every wonderful, wow-worthy thing you'll want to know about all things Montana Horses, Montana Horses. All right, time for your Montana Rodeo Roundup. It is brought to you by Mark LaRoe Photography. If you want to uh, book in your engagement photos or senior portraits or family portraits, get a hold of Mark. MarkLaRoePhotography.com. Nobody does it better than him as well. All right, uh, let's check out what happened on the northern rodeo side of things uh, over the weekend. East Helena. Helena's Sam Peterson won the bareback. Saddlebronk went to Quint Stroh. Uh, Caleb McMillan uh, won the bull riding. Jaden Whitman steer wrestling. Caleb Burquist took the tie down. He had a pretty good uh, CNFR. Uh, finished uh, second 
as well at the college national finals. Remember that. Dylan Johnson, Gavin Beatty win the team roping. Barrel racing went to Rachel Ward and Stephanie Rollins took the uh, breakaway. At Malta, it was Trevin Coonrat taking the bareback. Kane Stroh won saddle bronc. Nobody rode a bull. Timmy Sparing won uh, steer wrestling at Malta. Eric Paul Watson won the tie down. Brady Tryon, Justin Viles took the team roping. That's a formidable team. Uh, Kira Simonson won the barrel racing. And Shaley Harms took the breakaway. So that happened in the Northern Rodeo. They run four this weekend. The Northern Rodeo Association will be at uh, Scobie on July 15th. What is that, Friday? And then uh, Red Eye Days at Deer Lodge, Friday through Sunday. you got the Great Northern Ram Rodeo on on Friday. What is today? Hold on. So Thursday is Scobie. There we go. I can get my dates right. Thursday through Saturday then at Deer Lodge. Haver on Friday. And then Three Forks. Boy, that's a big weekend. On Friday and Saturday. Um, if you don't like fun, don't go to Three Forks this weekend. Seriously, good time. Uh, Wolf Point, Montana Pro Rodeo Circuit. Haven Medjid, the all-around. Zach Hibbler won the bareback. Steer wrestling went to, um, if I can read. Billy, no, Billy Bolden won one. Okay. Landon Ace uh, Severston. Okay, team roping was Aaron Sinagini and Kyle Lockett. Saddle Bronx, Jade Blackwell. Tie down went to... Uh, wow. Uh, Tanner McKerney. Barrel Racing, Jessica Routier. Breakaway, there was a tie. Taylor Engesser and Joey Williams. And then Bull Riding, Bo Voku. That was at Wolf Point. Uh, let's see here. Drummond. Kayla McMillan won the all-around. Brandley Peabody, the bareback. Denver Roy took steer wrestling. Team roping, Ian Ostagai and Sam Levine. Tanner Hollenbeck and Cree Minkoff split the win in Saddle Bronc. Tie down, Jade Gardner. Barrel racing Taylor Russell and bull riding Cole Wagner. So there's that. Uh, Montana Pro Rodeos this week will be at a couple of different places, and I will tell you as soon as it loads. Okay, we are there. It'll be Big Timber, of course, Wednesday. You've got Lewistown Wednesday and Thursday, and Stanford on Sunday. Lewistown usually is during the, the last chance stampede, but it's up a week this year, so that's good. So Lewistown, Stanford this weekend. Wednesday and Thursday at Lewistown, Sunday at Stanford on the Montana Pro Rodeo Circuit. Your Montana Rodeo Roundup brought to you by our great friend, Mark LaRoe Photography. If you are looking for uh, portraits of any kind, get a hold of Mark LaRoe Photography. By the way, you can buy stuff, too, from Mark. Okay. Go to MarkLaRoePhotography.com from his Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery. Great gallery. Uh, let's see here. Auto Contest, Performance of the Week. How about the Helena Senators? Big uh, weekend out at Minnesota. They uh, had dropped a bunch in a row, but they rebounded. Yeah, they've lost one, two, what, three, four in a row, five in a row, before they rebounded to uh, win four games out at Minnesota. They will be at Kalispell on Sunday, and we will talk with uh, head coach John Burnett coming up tomorrow as well. So there's your auto contest performance of the week. If you need your car detailed for the summer, get in there. Get booked now, though. Uh, auto concepts also looking for, uh, for workers. So do it. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else we got? How about on this day in history? Brought to you by Big Sky Printwear. We print what you wear. Yesterday was National Different Colored Eyes Day. My, I bring this up because my son has different colored eyes. And he's been that way since birth. They said it was going to change, but it never did. He's got one eye that's brown, and the other one is half gray, half brown, which is kind of cool. Today, though, is uh, July the 13th. It is French Fry Day. It is Beans and Franks Day and Cow Appreciation Day. We're going to celebrate Cow Appreciation Day by chowing down on some cow tonight. Uh, in fact, Mr. Casey Burger, that's what my daughter calls it, but we got some burger from Casey Fitzsimmons and uh, last winter bought some from him, and I will be buying all my beef from Casey Fitzsimmons from now on. It's the best I've ever had. Uh, so Cow Appreciation Day. 1881 on this date, William Renshaw wins the first of his seven Wimbledon titles. 1885, Renshaw won his fifth straight. 1886 on this date, Renshaw won his sixth consecutive. 1896 on this date, Ed Delahanty becomes the second major leaguer to hit four home runs in a game. 1919, Carl Mays of the Red Sox walks off the mound and blames his teammates for lack of support in the field. 1934, Babe Ruth hit his 700th career home run. 1962, Arnold Palmer won his second consecutive Open Championship in uh, Royal Troon over across the pond. 1963, Early Wynn won his 300th and final Major League Baseball game at the age of 43. 1968 at the Open at Carnutzi, South African Gary Player won the second of his three titles, and he won his third title at Royal Litham and St. Anne's on this date in 1974. 1994, Jeff Galuli sentenced to two years for his attack on Nancy Kerrigan. George Steinbrenner passed away on this date in 2010, and it happened just a couple of days after Bob Shepard had passed away, the longtime Yankee PA announcer. It was not a good week for Yankees back in 2010. Uh, let's do... That was on this day in history, brought to you by Big Sky Printware. We print what you wear, and that includes one T-shirt, a thousand T-shirts, whatever you need. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. The walk-off is brought to you by Cafe Zydeco, where the Big Easy meets the Big Sky. And I'm telling you, get in there, Cafe Zydeco. We've got some gift cards we'll start giving away, the I think, next week as well. But uh, get into Cafe Zydeco, your one-stop shop for everything Cajun. Okay? You want etouffee? You want jambalaya? You want gumbo? You want beignets? Go see, go see the gang. Miss Lou and the gang over at Cafe Zydeco on Euclid in Helena. Um, 1936, a couple of uh, extra on this days. 1936, it reached 112 degrees in Mio, Michigan, which is the state record. Uh, also on the same day in the same year, it was 114 in Wisconsin, Dells, Wisconsin, the state record. But climate change, right? Because it's like 117 in Las Vegas. But it was like 116 in Wisconsin on this date, like a decade or almost a century ago. But, yeah. Um, so there you go. We did our auto contest performance of the week. We gave that to the Helena Senators. Could have given it to me. I won a lot of money golfing this weekend. I mean, not a lot, but I, I mean, it was, I won. I had fun. It was less than like 300 bucks, but I won. Golfing. That, that's just awesome. I'm proud of myself. Hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks to Steve Jones for joining us. Great guy at Carol who was uh, 
let go for lame reasons. And Carroll College screwed up there. They lost a great one in, in Jonesy. Nice job again, guys. Leaders at the top of Carroll. Last couple of years have made some very questionable decisions. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk with John Burnett, head coach of the Helena Senators. they got a big finish coming up over the next couple of weeks. Also, Andrew Rowland, MSU Northern coach, will join us. Talk about the hiring of Mike Van Deest as the new defensive coordinator. The walk-off brought to you by Cafe Zydeco. Do it again tomorrow if you miss anything. JasonWalkerShow.com. Have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 4, Jason Walker Show. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.